Hello and welcome into another edition of New Track Record. Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney. Hello, Justin. Hello, Mr. Hatch. How are you? Oh, we're just doing dandy over here. Just uh, following every rumor that is around silly season and just uh, watching the tests lap by lap. It's just riveting stuff, riveting stuff out there. <laughs> well, we have some some silly season news. We have some silly season rumors. We also have hybrid testing as well, which is is going to be fascinating kind of what what people and, and drivers are taking away from that as again bit of an unknown for the upcoming season and so we have all of that to get to on this week's episode so plenty to dive in still early in the off season maybe you know a year from now we're talking about a race coming up in argentina who knows maybe seems um positive based on well an announcement we had Earlier this week, as we record on Thursday, October 19th. And that is the fact that Augustine Canapino will be back with Hunkos Racing in 2024. So good news all around there. Be back with the team. Uh, had a couple of 12th place finishes uh, throughout the season in 2023. Again, what he did, and, and we talked about this from a week-to-week basis, what he did as a rookie, not having raced in these kind of cars outside of a couple of demonstration runs in Argentina. Very impressive. And especially with a smaller team as they added, you know, more on in that team at the start of the year, you thought, wow, this is a true midfield team. They kind of faded after, you know, about May or so, but you, you saw some promise and this was a really good step forward for them. And then now with Canapino coming back, obviously you, you would expect possibility for, you know, a lot more top 15, which is top half of the field finishes. I think what was lost in the latter half of the year or or with the um, the issues with Callum Eilat, especially the, the social media stuff, was the fact that Augustine Canapino was a relevant revelation in this series in terms of how well he was able to perform in a completely foreign series to him from what he had done in touring cars before that. And I don't think we can gloss over the fact that we were very, very impressed with Canapino seemingly week after week in through the first two thirds of the season where we were just waiting for him to fall off and show some semblance of ineptitude or unfamiliarity with the series. And yet it never happened, really. And it was a a great job by Canapino. It shows just what it means to be a veteran race car driver, even though you're not a veteran in the series that you're racing in. He was a patient guy. He knew what he was capable of, uh, not capable of. He raced accordingly. He was never an issue out there. Stayed out of the way when he needed to. Uh, pushed it when he could. I and, and of course opens the doors to Argentina for sponsorship. Maybe a race. Hopefully a race as well. So I think this is a, a good, good keep for Hunkos Hollinger. I'm glad the money was found. And Canapito will return in 2024. Very good news indeed. So he will return to the 78 car. Now, as far as who's in the 77, uh, the team reportedly has the option on Callum Eilat uh, through December. And it seems that that announcement will be made in due time. In fact, Motorsport even reporting it's understood they have a contract uh, to the end of 2024. He's expected to remain with the team next year, which is all that we've heard. They just haven't made that announcement yet. My guess is they're just putting together the packages and I'm sure that strategic partnership with McLaren may have something to do with the delay and how they figure out how that will work. Do you also think maybe that Callum Eilat is waiting to see if another opportunity that could be a better opportunity comes open? It doesn't seem like it will, but you never know in this sport. Yeah, in the off chance, yeah, it does seem like that is a possibility. I could see Callum Eilat going, hey, if nothing else materializes between now and whatever date, yeah, I'll sign, but doesn't want to sign yet until all doors are completely closed. For instance, if that third Ray Hall seat, if somehow he became a factor, that maybe he's waiting to sign with Hunkos to exhaust all options financially to maybe get that seat. Maybe that could be a, a, a reasoning why we haven't heard about the Callum Eilat signing yet. And, and the biggest thing for Canapino, he got in the leader circle in the first year, Yes, which, which is none of us would have thought no was possible, right? 
I mean, that, that was a big accomplishment that we can't understate. And that was critical in him returning. Let's not kid ourselves. He doesn't finish in the leader circle. He doesn't have a ride in IndyCar in 2024. Well, it'd be much more difficult to um, financially support that unless there was a lot more money coming from Argentina. So it sounded like even without, even with that leader circle money, it was up for debate on whether he would be back in that seat. But it sounds like sponsorship came about probably from South America to lock him in. And I think it's good for the series. I mean, we see... We see for his demonstration laps just how many people showed up down in Argentina. And this is a team that is very much followed by an entire country. And it's pretty cool to see. And I'm glad that it's going to stay intact for next season. So that's the confirmed news this week. That's really the the big announcement of the week. But I think overall, though, very good news. Welcome news. Happy to see him back. And you talked about how he never really looked out of his depth. And, you know, the recent example that we had was with Jimmy Johnson, great NASCAR driver, but he really struggled to adapt to IndyCar that yeah. first year in particular. Never saw any of that this year from Canapino. I mean, yeah, there there are moments where you could tell he was a rookie, but he never looked completely out of his depth. He wasn't just spinning out, you know, randomly during yeah, randomly during races. Yeah. Um, that was just not something he was doing. So, good driver and and a guy who was on pace for a decent finish in the Indy 500 as well until he got taken out, no fault of his own. Happy to see him back. Happy to see him have a second chance because it, it's the second year now that he knows the tracks outside of Milwaukee, of course, uh, that he'll have an opportunity to really move forward. And he can really be a, a true teammate more so for Callum Eilat and not just a rookie that's that's drinking from fire hose and trying to learn. And Callum Eilat's like, man, I'm a young dude too. I'm still trying to learn. And yet I have this guy that's completely foreign to the series and I'm trying to teach. So now they'll be on a little bit more level wavelength in terms of, okay, Canapino knows what to expect. He's been through a season through it. And if Callum Eilat does indeed come back, I think there will be a better uh, teammates for each other because they'll kind of be closer in terms of experience than they were a year ago. For sure. So now let's take a look at where things stand. Nathan Brown of the Indy star, indystar.com had a great article on a, a silly season update. So Isla, again, expect to be confirmed by the team in the coming weeks ahead. Hunkos with, with an option into mid-December, so we would expect something to happen there. And then you get to other drivers. So Graham Rahal, we expect him to be back at Rahal, but his deal has expired. They're still negotiating. And this was as of you know several weeks back after the season, and, and things aren't aren't progressing, but again, we'd expect him to be back as far as the number 30 car at Ray Hall. Um, Yuri Vips, Connor Daly, all, all people as options, but get nothing really set in stone there. Obviously, Vips showed himself pretty well in the limited races he ran. And then you have the, the fourth car and Andretti. So they're still debating running that fourth car. Uh, obviously, adding Marcus Erickson, losing uh, DHL, Sponsor with a team, Devlin DeFrancesco, Roman Grosjean out uh, after the 2023 season. And it does come around funding and, and where things stand if they'll run three or four. And Marshall Prude at Racer.com had an update as far as what could happen for 2024 in a fourth car. Well, interesting possibility that came down as far as an option. They're looking at a fourth car. And, uh, with Brian Herta as the co-entrant and then in conjunction with Beth Peretta of Pareto Autosport and a satellite program with Tatiana Calderon as the driver. Now, let's not forget Calderon drove an IndyCar just a couple years ago for the Foyt team. So she ran a handful of races in the series. It was not running on ovals at the time, but a best finish of 15th that came with the uh, Indy GP, the first race. In wow, 20 okay, 2022. I was going to say it was more recent than I thought, and then obviously, they had the issues with Rocket and the funding there. So, that is the possibility. Interesting option for the fourth car. Obviously, there's sponsor involved, and Pruitt says underwriting for the car is said to involve a former primary sponsor that was involved in IndyCar in the latter stages of the 2000s through the middle of the last decade. So, now I'm really curious. Uh, who that hmm. could be. 
I don't know. And this is apparently one of the possibilities Andretti could take. I would like... Peretta has, needs an opportunity. I mean, come on. How many years has it has been? What, three years she's been seeking some sort of um, mm-hmm. full-time opportunity? She obviously needs a partnership with an existing team. She's done all the things she needs to do, seemingly, from looking at, from outward looking in. Just give her an opportunity. I mean, this was an exciting... When it was announced, gosh, what was it now? 2018 at the 500? Um, or leading up to the 500, which you had the press... I was there... And it was it was really exciting because it was oh we're going to venture into the five hundred then we're going to build this team and grow and it's just kind of stagnated and I would like to see the paddock and the series quite frankly get behind Peretta a little bit more like they have for other drivers for minority drivers in the ladder is um, is give Beth Peretta an opportunity and I think it's way overdue and I would love to see Andretti be that team to partner up with her. I'm trying to think of who could it be because I'm just looking at some some sponsors. I mean, ABC Supply. Were they around? When did they leave? I mean, Mid- they left. Their last full-time season was, what, 2018? Oh, man, it's been longer than I thought since um, ABC Supply has been around, huh? Yeah, I, I mean, AFS? <laughs> uh, Fuzzies? I guess they didn't arrive, though, till 2012. Um, I'm just trying to think of like different options of who it could be with this. You had, let's see, looking at just Marlboro. And <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're banned. <laughs> I mean, Verizon is still very much a part of the, the series with yeah. willpower. So it wouldn't, wouldn't be that, but man, there it's interesting because it's clearly a sponsor. We all know. Yeah. With the way it's worded somehow. Uh, but I'm not sure. But I think it'd be great to have get Beth Pereira the opportunity to to Sitco? show what they can do. Yeah, maybe Sitco is where PDVSA your your favorite driver of all time, <laughs> Milka Duno. Um, oh, I don't know, but I think it'd be an imp- interesting proposition and and hearing all the options and that's been confirmed as one of the options out there, and hopefully Beth Pereira gets an opportunity. Yeah, so that's one of the interesting options. Meanwhile, uh, going back to Brown's article, uh, Dale Coin Racing, obviously David Maluka's gone. Stingray Rob has a budget. Unsure, though. It, it seems very up in the air. There are rumors that they already signed Daniel Frost, who moved up from Indy Lights. He tested with the team a year ago. Um, and then also, we've we talked about this before, Devlin DeFrancesco could be a obvious landing spot for him at Coin provide an influx of money and, and maybe help that team out or even a return of Ramon Grosjean uh, also could be a viable candidate at Hunkos Hollinger racing. Uh, if Hunkos opts not to keep Eilat more on that in a bit. So those are some other options. And then you get to the Chevy side. So at Foyt, Larry Foyt saying that they don't think there'll be any changes with rookie Benjamin Peterson. He'll be back. And then in recent weeks, multiple free agent drivers told Indy star, uh, the Foyt camp, as far as the number 14 car, which was Ferrucci last year, could he could run ovals only in 2024. Hiring someone new to run the entries road and street courses. Well, an interesting name circulated from IndyCar Deep Throat, and that is the rumor of Logan Sargent, who races for Williams and F1. He's a rookie. He struggled this season. He'll be at the USGP Coda coming up this weekend, but he could be the driver. And look, that makes a lot of sense. A, because him doing road and street courses makes sense. B, let's not forget, he had a seat fitting with Foyt back in, I think, of October of 2021, was set for a test, and then that got scrapped. Uh, the test was scheduled, and then that got scrapped because he got to be a part of the Williams Driver Academy. And then, yeah. obviously, he worked his way up to F1. It's an interesting proposition. I just don't know. Is Logan Sargent really talking to Foyt when we haven't heard anything about him being officially or unofficially out at Williams? Yeah, um, they've they've set targets for him at Williams as far as what he needs to do to keep the seat. But I, I, obviously, I would think this weekend will go a long way in what happens. I mean, he's had some forward. issues. I mean, some mechanicals. I mean, last week wasn't a good look for him when he retired due to effectively heat exhaustion. Yeah. And while it was hot, I, I understand that. And Lord knows I couldn't make it through, but 19 other drivers did. 
And it's just when you're battling for your seat and you're the only one that retires from heat exhaustion, that tells me, you know, the other 19 drivers are in better shape than you. And that's not good when you're kind of on the bubble. So, but coming back to my original point, I just don't know if Logan Sargent is out talking to AJ Foyt Racing, if there's any, any doubt that he's in a Williams seat next year. And we haven't heard anything from the Formula One side to to let us know that that he's either behind, either officially or unofficially out of a seat. Meanwhile, elsewhere among Chevy teams, Ed Carpenter Racing, obviously they tested Christian Rasmussen uh, and Oliver Askew, what, last month? Um, but no movement there. What I find interesting is that Ed Carpenter told uh, the Indy Star that he wouldn't rule out taking back uh, running the oval races for the number 20 car instead of him running the oval only program in the 33s he's done since the start of 2022. Just saying they will have two full-time cars as far as how that works out to be confirmed. Give it up, Ed. Other than the 500, give it up, man. It seems like the logical move. It's not helping your team whatsoever. You to be in the seat. And then speaking of any 500 drivers, obviously Elio Castroneves, Kyle Larson, Ed Carpenter. We'd expect Marco Andretti to be back if he wants to. Uh, Connor Daly is an option. Ryan Hunter, Takuma Sato would be options. If Pagano's cleared and wants to return, you'd think he'd be an option as other drivers. And Brian Reinbold obviously doesn't have their lineup confirmed either. So those are opportunities for a lot of those guys. Still a lot of a uh, lot of seats to be filled, a lot of things to settle. And then as far as Grosjean, so Marshall Pruitt had this in the mailbag racer.com. And then this question again came out before and the answer came out before the Canapino announcement. Um, but he said, if it isn't going to be Hunkos, I'm not sure there are any landing spots left for Grosjean in IndyCar for 2024. And again, with Canapino returning does not look very promising. Not ideal for um, for Roman Grosjean. A, a part of me doesn't want to see or wants to see a polarizing driver like Grosjean get a seat, but it was imperative for him, I think, to have some good results at Andretti to have some semblance of positivity going forward. I just, if you couldn't get it done at Andretti, what makes you think that he can get it done at Coin or Hunkos, right? So I think for a dude that just a couple short years ago was voted the most popular driver in the sport and people positively or negatively had opinions of Romain Grosjean, I hate to lose a guy like that, but I just feel like he had missed opportunities to have better finishes than he did. And that in the end may kill any opportunity for him to have a seat in the series in 2024. So that's a look at the IndyCar silly season. Meanwhile, for Indy Lights, there's actually a ton of news. So they have the Chris Griffiths Memorial Test coming up uh, Friday, October 20th. So this test may have been completed by the time you listen in. But there is a lot of news in Lights, Indy Next, whatever. Uh, we, we still go by Lights. We're old school. Uh, but a lot of news. Jamie Chadwick will return with Andretti. So that's good news. She was really solid in the second half of her rookie year. I think she had, what, half a dozen top tens in the second half of the season. Yeah, she seemed to find herself a little bit more, the physicality of driving those cars and all that. Uh, she, she really started adjusting well in the second half of the season. I'm going to butcher the name, so I'm going to apologize in advance, but Yuvin Sundaramorthy of course. Will, will return uh, to lights. Now, he is the guy famously or infamously known for his post-crash interview at St. Pete. <laughs> Which was amazing. <laughs> so you can go back and look that up. It's phenomenal. Uh, but he signed with Abel Motorsports for the upcoming season. So there's a, another confirmed entry. And again, there's more. We, we've had a lot of news in, in that series. Also, stepping up, Jack William Miller and Miller Vinatieri Motorsports. Yes. The son of that Jack Miller. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Jack. Jack Miller. Mm-hmm. The racing dentist from the IRL days, his son stepping up in Miller Vinatieri Motorsports. Yes, that is Dr. Jack Miller and Adam Vinatieri, former Colts and Patriots kicker. They own a team in the latter series and uh, they are moving up. They've been helped by Able Motorsports and assembling their car 
They will appear at the test on the IMS road course as well. That from Feeder Series America. So we, we have another <laughs> another team back. And then HMD Motorsports. No big deal. Nine drivers. Do they have is that they had eight last year, right? Or did they have nine? Uh they Are had they nine, going? but I think one was like a partial season. Okay. So um good. It's more teams. Uh, HMD's never is not consistently gonna have nine drivers in the series we talk about expansion in lights a lot of it has to do with hmd in terms of the car count okay so it's good to get other teams involved at the lights level because hmd's not long term going to have nine cars i just don't see it and one more lewis foster returning to andretti in 2024 yeah foster was impressive uh at point i mean it's at one point late in the season led the point standings and had some mistakes and miscues down the stretch that cost him the championship. But for a rookie to come in and perform like he did, definitely showed some promise. And we take a look at this entry list, Justin, 21 cars. Wow. Outstanding. Yeah. If they can start the, the series, the season with 21 and end it with, I don't know, 17, 18. I mean, several, several driver. I mean, uh, Callum Hedge coming over from New Zealand with Cape. Jace Denmark moving up also with Cape. Michael D. Orlando, uh, who won a series last year. Uh, he moves up with HMD. Jonathan Brown with Abel. Christian Bogle uh, back with HMD. Kalen Frederick uh, with HMD. Reese Gold with HMD. Josh Pearson with HMD. Kyle Collette uh, with HMD. I mentioned Yuvin Sundaramorthy with uh-huh. Abel. Lewis Foster with Andretti, Bryce Aaron, who was announced with Andretti, Jamie Chadwick returns with Andretti, James Rowe, who's previously announced, also with Andretti. You have Niels Kulin from the Netherlands with HMD, Nolan Siegel with HMD, Jack William Miller with Miller Vinatieri stepping up, Jacob Abel with Abel Motorsports, Antonio Cervalle returning with Hunkos, Lindsey Brewer with Hunkos, and then Miles Rowe with HMD as well. So he moves up. Uh, So I want to learn more about this Lindsey Brewer. I don't even know if it's a male or female. Uh, female. Nice. But she, she will take in the part ladder? In, in the test. Um, she did USF Pro 2000 with exclusive Autosport last year. 18 races finished 18th in the series. All so right. she did have best finish. It looks like of 12th. I mean, they have a lot more cars though in those series too. And then ran a partial season uh, in 2022 at a top 10 uh, at Toronto race two and eighth at IMS race one. So the uh, handful of races, a couple podiums has done TC America and skip barber Indy pro 2000 F 1600 USF pro 2000. So she's, she's done several of the latter series. So again, getting the testing opportunity again, all these drivers doesn't mean they're going to race in the series in 2024, but it's just an opportunity. And for some of them, maybe it's just the opportunity to test the bigger car. And so we'll see what happens with that with her, but either way, a very healthy entry list. And Lindsay Brewer, by the way, 26 years old. Um, She's, uh, she resides in Newport, California, and she's a model as well. So uh, listeners, I'll let you search Lindsay Brewer and do your research uh, on her. There you go. I mean, I'll just say I'm a fan. So <laughs> go Lindsey Brewer. So that's a look at the entry list. Hey, and silly season. Let's not forget engineer silly season also in full effect. So Marcus Erickson will be paired up with Olivier Boisson, who again ah. worked with uh, Ramon Grosjean the last couple of years. So that is interesting of note. Learned that from the, uh, the test at IMS, the hybrid test. And then this came out today. Michael Armbrester. Uh, who had been with Ray Hall is moving over to Foyt. All right, musical chairs with the mechanics and the or the engineers. So uh, it's that again, time of year, it's it's uh, it's happening across the board, obviously. And and this is you got to remember, Foyt has that connection with Penske now. So it's got to be more right? interesting to, to yeah. people, not just drivers, but also crew guys, engineers, etc. Do you think somewhere out there? There's a uh, message board or something for silly season for engineers that follows it as much as drivers. Oh, I'm sure you can find <laughs> it out think? there. Well, I'm, I would say I'm like sure. all the rumors and all that oh, stuff and what it means no, and probably, all that stuff. Probably not you don't like think that. so? 
but I, I at least think it'd be cool if there was like a list of the moves. So right now we have Craig Hampson leaving McLaren. Yeah. We have Olivier Boisson staying with Andretti. We have Michael Armbrester going from Ray Hall to Foyt. Are there any others that I'm missing? There might be a couple others, but those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, nothing nothing else coming to mind, but, you know, this is just... I mean, Craig Hampson is the one that's like, wow, that, that felt like a big domino. still waiting to see where he ends up. But you have to think he's ending up somewhere. One would think. Yeah. I mean, maybe... Maybe he we'll left see. McLaren IndyCar to go to McLaren... Uh-huh. One, who knows? I, I'm just mm. throwing that out there. There's, there's no truth to any of that. <laughs> just making things up. But uh, yeah, the, the silly season for the engineers, I think, has also become a key part and a fascinating part of the offseason. All right. So all that to say, speaking of engineers, they have a lot to figure out for 2024, and that's because of the hybrid engines. And there's a really good article uh, from... The Associated Press, Michael Merritt, who, who covered the test and a lot that was learned last week with that test at, at IMS. So plenty of laps turned for the test. That's not the issue. In fact, it was like over 1,200 laps turned for the test. In fact, no, over 1,300, 1,325 laps in the two days for the hybrid testing at IMS. But there are just a lot of questions and a lot of things that we just don't know with the cars and again there there are more buttons more paddles more work for the drivers in the cockpit more things to do more things to be responsible really the biggest takeaway from the test also the cars not fast in fact (laughs) alexander rossi said quote it's certainly not fast (laughs) right now it's just a lot of experimenting and playing around with different kinds of theories i think you'll see more of an impact in group running than when you're just driving around flat out by yourself so that's Something to keep in mind, again, he raced with hybrids in F1, but again, the, the cars could not be more different, especially from the F1 car he raced in in, in 2015 that, that had a hybrid. But again, more weight, slower cars, a lot more work. They haven't done much running in traffic. So there's a lot to think about and something I think we talked about, um, just kind of texting back and forth or talking, was that IndyCar doesn't have an oval before the Indy 500 next year. And we talk so much about how important it is for IndyCar to get the Indy 500, you know, formula correct. Well, they don't have the luxury of having an oval race before Indy this, this coming season. Suddenly I'm really nervous about the hybrids being a factor next year. Well, I I think they are definitely going to be a factor and, and whether it's learning how to run with the hybrids and what they can and can't do the effects on the arrow. And we know they're going to be considerably heavier, right? So all that together draws a lot of concern for the Indianapolis 500. Hopefully they figure a lot of things out, but they're running out of testing time. I mean that's the that's the big issue is the lack of testing time for IndyCar. You would you would think you would hope that they would they would give the teams a couple added days of testing this off season to offset that. But the problem is when not everybody has the hybrid cars yet, that's a problem. Can't well, really test it. In the hands of Chevy and Honda in the series, not they really are, in the hands of the teams. Yeah, correct. So the individual teams can't start running them and figuring out, even getting them in, in wind tunnels and stuff and figuring all that stuff. They, they still can't do that. So I, 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 I just don't know what to expect next year, particularly uh, at the 500. Only four cars available for testing, hoping to add six more, one for each team, before another test is held in December. They're also debating guidelines as far as how the technology would be applied. Unclear if they could be deployed on road and street courses uh, where there are obviously more turns and braking areas, a.k.a. more regeneration and charging the battery. Uh, It just seems like the drivers are unclear and obviously reliability a question mark, especially with, with heat for the Indy 500 and Iowa and other races like that later in the summer next year. There are just a lot of unknowns, and they don't think the speed will come. In fact, Willpower is saying, not this year, not next year for the speed. It's got more capability, but I think reliability is going to come first. 
then we can creep up on the amount of power we use in the deploy. Which I'm, I understand that. I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. But, um, I mean, the, 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 the series, they, they know that the season starts in, in March, right? Yeah. Um, and, and they hope to have every team have one car by December. I mean, <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, one car for each team by December. Correct. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I mean, that's it, you do have. You better have that by December. You do have twenty-seven full-time cars or whatever it's going to be. Like you do know that you need to uh, make sure all teams have hybrid cars pretty soon after the new year, don't you? One would think. Yeah, I, I don't know it. It just it does feel like they're running out of time on a lot of this, and I get it. You can say, well, they still have six months. It's like, well, really, you have five because you got to deliver the, the the hybrids, right? And teams have to install it and figure it. So there, you cut off a month, and then the fact that, well, you're going to have off season testing, and they have to be ready for those tests, and you need to, like, like we said, by December, every team needs at least one car, and you need to at a train minimum. your crews on what the hell they're doing with these cars. Like, sounds like a lot of time, but it's really not. Yeah, so that's something to to keep in mind. And again, they, they had a, a tire test at Milwaukee and Will Power ran the hybrid car. Linus Lundquist ran a non-hybrid car. So they're, again, just still trying to figure things out for how this will work. But it sounded like Will Power tested it at Milwaukee and basically said, it, not talking about the hybrid, but the track basically feels the same as 10 yeah. years ago. In terms of, which is not a bad thing. It's just, no. you know, kind of jumped in and came back to him. It feels the same. It's a bumpy track. It is a, it's not a high bank track, which is, he says is better for, for indie cars and how, how they race should have multiple lines. So he had good reviews for picking up, effectively picking up what they left off at Milwaukee. And the other thing is they had the aero kit cars there before mm-hmm. a lot more downforce. So this will be different with the car. So Maybe it will be easier to pass. Maybe it will be harder. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not an engineer. Well, I mean, at the very least, with the less downforce, it won't just keep cars glued to the bottom line. Hopefully, it, it allows for multiple lames and maybe some, some uh, squirrely, uh, squirrely moments for, for cars in the corners. So we'll see how the hybrid plays out. But again, more questions than answers at this point. Not that that's entirely too surprising just because they're in the development stages with the hybrid unit and they're still trying to to figure things out but again reliability seems like the first box they're trying to check off and rightfully so and remember this was supposed to be for 2023 they moved it back a year Mm -hmm. and they're still up against well actually it wasn't supposed to be really for like 22 or 21 the pandemic pushed it back is it when they initially announced it yeah pandemic pushed it back then supply chain pushed it back so now here here we are and we're we're still up against it here so yeah right. <sighs> right all you can do is sigh and just <laughs> just hope it works out because oh, that's what it feels like right now with with that all right if you agree or disagree with us you can always interact with us new track record podcast.com while you're there sign up for the email list you won't miss an episode or any special announcements also check out the store we have t-shirts we have stickers uh congrats to our uh, fantasy IndyCar winner, he got a sticker in the mail. So, um, again, you have an opportunity to purchase a sticker as well on the site. Also, uh, you can check us out on social media, IndyCar Podcast on Twitter slash X, on Instagram as well, on Facebook, search for New Track Record. We, we check all of them. Uh, you can interact and, and, and send us your questions, comments, rants, whatever on there. Or you can also email us, New Track Record Podcast at gmail.com. You can support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash new track record. Thanks to Xavier, Rob and others for their support. Again, just $1 a month. If you want to chip in and as always, you can download the podcast for free on your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, overcast, Castbox, player FM, whatever else you fancy, you can download the podcast for free. All right. Mailbag time. And well, quiet week. Not that that's surprising, but iRacing posted uh, an eyeball emoji and a race car emoji. So I don't know what that means, but is that IndyCar it's related? It's an open wheel car. Yeah. I don't know if it's a IndyCar. I don't know if it's a F1 car. I don't know. 
but certainly fascinating. Run underscore Mark underscore run uh, said, what is the best IndyCar game ever made? And why is it Danny Sullivan's Indy Heat? <laughs> did you play that one back in the day? I did not play Danny I, Sullivan's I play Indy Heat. Uh, pole position is obviously the yeah. best IndyCar game yeah, ever. I, I would agree. Come on. You got to go to the OG with pole position. End uh, of story. R. Cole said, stop teasing me. Sorry. Um, hopefully something happens with a game. We all wish something would happen with a game, but I just don't yeah, feel We got a 20-second preview. It's, it's only been multiple years of development. We got a 20-second game engine preview. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I mean, that's better than we've had for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, this from Christos. Where is IndyCar finding these paddock spaces? And how much is too much as far as cars on the grid? What's the point of having all these cars if too many of the drivers uh, ain't really crap and do more to hinder the races by crashing out, being too slow, etc.? That in reference to the Andretti fourth option possibility of Tatiana Calderon. I mean, I think Andretti's fourth car has consistently been more competitive than some of the coin cars and the Foyt cars mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, and, and it's always operated as the what buy a ride. I mean, like what what yeah, else is there I mean, to say? I mean, that's but, how it's operated. But my thing is, is getting Beth Peretta's team in the sport consistently. It yeah. should be a priority for IndyCar. And if, you know what? If that's the deal that needs to be made, great. At least somebody's stepping up and trying to work with Beth Peretta to to have a full-time car in the series and start growing. And, but I do, but I think I do agree with the, um, was it a tweet that we got? Whatever it mm-hmm. was that there is a limit to how many cars are, we've talked about it before are going to be in some of these events. You and I are, are in agreement that 27, 28 feels like the max. I think if you hit 30, it's too many in my opinion. And what happens then? But, we're right up against it. I, I totally agree that we're right up against it too. We, you know what? We don't really need any bigger fields than what we have now outside, of course, of the 500. And we got an email submission through the website. This is from Eric. Uh, I've seen Drive to Survive in 100 Days to Indy mentioned on broadcast, but I haven't heard anybody mention the show called Brace for the Race on the CW, although it doesn't dive as much into the drivers themselves. It really only dives into the Indy 500. I think it does a really good job at showing what IndyCar and the Indy 500 really means to people, along with showing where it all started. I'm just curious as to why it never seems to have been talked about, I guess. I've heard of it. I've not watched it. I have never heard of what this is. Race for the race. Yes. I think you can so look it up. Race for the race. Mm-hmm. I believe it's on like the CW. Was on it their a multi episode series? Did it follow no, the I 2023 500 or was it uh, all 500? It, 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 it followed the 2020. Three five hundred, okay. Um, but it is a movie you can stream for free on the CW. So I just went to their so it's just site a documentary. Yeah, and it also is apparently on Apple. Oh, maybe again, I available should, uh, on the CW. So again, maybe I should check this out. It's a it's a documentary. Okay, this checks out. So News Nation had like a booth in the infield at Indy. Uh huh. And so they did this documentary on oh, it. Okay. So so they produced it and then mm-hmm. the CW broadcast or whatever. Yes. Hmm. I'll have to check check it out and see. Yeah. So I I need to watch it though. I it, I have not watched it. So that person just reminded me that I need to watch it. Well, I have plenty of time in the off season. Though. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it on our to do list. That is true. All right. So that wraps up a very short and to the point mailbag news and notes time, and we we have several things. Some interesting items to dive into from the last week. Tom Blomquist. Uh, so a lot of IMSA tied into IndyCar news as the IMSA season just wrapped up. First off, shout out to Meyer Shank Re- Racing. They closed their program with a dub. They win Petit Le Mans and end on top, Elio Castroneves, Tom Blomquist and Colin Braun, or excuse me, Colin Brown. Even though it looks like Braun, it's pronounced Brown. That always throws me off. They won so congrats to them. Robert Wickens, uh, he is a winner as well as uh, he won uh, along with Harry Gottsacker and the Brian Herta Autosport team. Uh, they won as the TCR champions for the series. So congrats. That's really, really cool. And then in more news, this story from the AP, and there's an IndyCar tie-in. So Vassar Sullivan obviously raced an IndyCar for a handful of of years. Mm-hmm. They've been out of the sport 
for some time. They did win the Indy 500. What, what was the last year that they raced? Was it 2018, 19? Immediately, I thought 2019. Not sure if that's correct or not. But uh, they've been out of the sport for a few years. They went, they've had a Lexus GTD program for the last handful of seasons. Um, looks like they were with Ed Jones in 2021. So that's more oh, wow. recent than I would have guessed. And then that I do was remember the last... that because we, va- we vaguely thought maybe that was the return of Vassar Sullivan because weren't mm-hmm. they gone for a couple of years before that? At least one year? Yeah, but I never think kind so. of materialized in it. So, so there's an interesting note because, again, they, they've had success. I think Townsend Bell even raced with them for a bit. But Jack Hawksworth, former IndyCar driver, uh, they won the championship. They're still eyeing a return to IndyCar. And again, okay. this has always been on their radar. Um, but they, they left IndyCar full focus on their sports car operation. They won the championship with Jack Hawksworth and Ben Barneycoat. Uh, by the way, the Imsa names are just amazing. <laughs> ben Barneycoat? Yeah. Just incredible. But they've been with Lexus and they're trying to put something together. Uh, any return would likely start with a one-off for the Indy 500. And they'd love to do it with Kyle Busch. Again, Lexus, Toyota. There's the connection okay. there. Same company. Uh, Vassar Sullivan ran Bush and the Rolex 24 at Daytona in 2020. So they have the connection there as well with him as a driver. And they'd like to compete in IMSA's top class. Oh, and then another part of it, they still hope to convince Lexus parent Toyota to partner with them in IndyCar oh, on yeah. their return. Which again, we've talked about this before. That They would kind of be the team. It makes a lot of sense. Well, everything we've heard, Toyota's been the closest yes. of any manufacturer to, to jumping on board. So, and, and then winning the championship basically allows them to take that next step All right, so in, in this exploratory process. Let's go. Vassar Sullivan, get it done. I don't see it happening anytime soon, but keep winning. Keep winning with Toyota, and, and who knows? Yeah. But so, you can have your, what's that name again? The Ben? Ben Barneycoat. Ben Barneycoat. You can have your Ben Barneycoat. I will take Mike Crack every day of the week. <laughs> yes, Team the, principal of Aston Martin. Yes, it is just incredible. <laughs> what are your parents thinking? Uh, anyway. uh, yeah. Easily great, amused Great stuff. Here. Yes. Oh, no doubt. So that's a look at uh, some of the news. We, we talked about the test. Uh, Graham uh, at Milwaukee, Graham Rahal and Bobby Rahal will have a pair of Ducati uh, bikes in Moto America Supersport class in 2024. So that's like, is it a, is it below MotoGP or something? Yeah. Is that so what? it's just the American base gotcha. series. Okay. And again, Ray Hall has a Ducati dealership. So this makes yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, Pato Award uh, did some testing in Barcelona for McLaren F1. Again, he'll do FP1 in Abu Dhabi coming up later in the F1 season. Is there anybody doing an FP1 this weekend at Coda? That is a good question. I don't remember. I thought maybe Pato would do that over Mexico, but doing Abu Dhabi. Was that the last race of the season? Abu Dhabi? Uh, I with a bunch think of questions. so. Usually it is. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, there, there could be. I honestly just don't know. Hmm. I'm not up to speed on <laughs> those things. You're not... Uh, not my area of expertise. Yeah. All but good. again, Pato tested in Barcelona, again, the TPC program and getting ready for that. And then the latest on Andretti and F1... Um, it sounds like they will not be left without an engine deal if they get an F1 entry, even though there's current uncertainty and things seem positive. The, the biggest thing is you have GM and Cadillac. That's going to help your case. Yes. And I get you definitely. say, well, it's not a true OEM, but like it eh. could turn into that. That's kind of the hopefully, the hopefully, um, the teams, enough teams feel like it's something and, and i want to say how does it work because i know the, the team doesn't technically vote but they have a say they have a say but ultimately it doesn't come down to the team right doesn't come down to the teams but they are the decision will be heavily influenced by the teams and i do agree with what the coda president said i don't know if it was today or yesterday and basically said he's in favor of andretti being a new team in formula one but and this is how I think. I don't see it having a major impact on the following of Formula One in America. I think the people that follow Formula One now are going to follow Formula One if Andretti is a team. I don't see a lot of people that don't follow Formula One all of a sudden jumping on board because Andretti is in the sport. 
maybe some, but I don't think it's going to be a, 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 a wealth of, of folks that all of a sudden are interested in formula one just because of Andretti. Yeah. I, it, it feels like they maybe, have, like you have to have incredible resources and they have that. I think that's yeah, the difference. Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe more casual fans, I guess that, that, that are fans of Andretti, I guess maybe more IndyCar fans that, that don't watch formula one would be more intrigued to maybe turn on a race here or there, but I don't see this groundswell of support all of a sudden in America for for Formula One and Andretti Racing if they if they go Formula One. No, yeah, I I I don't know if that will be the case. It it seems like you're asking for a lot there. Yeah. All right, couple other notes. Then this is not IndyCar, but I thought it was fun. So 2311 Racing, which is Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin's team, uh, they are running at Homestead. McDonald's theme cars. One is the Hamburglar. That'll Excellent. be Tyler Reddick. Favorites. And then the other is Bubba Wallace running the Grimace car. I like it. This 2023 has been the year of Grimace, right? I mean, Grimace yeah. made his Grimace return. Shake. The Grimace shake, the Grimace meal. Like Grimace has dominated marketing in 2023. For something that we don't really know for sure what it's supposed to be, Grimace is... It's a chicken nugget, a... but it's purple. Well, that's the thing. Is it a chicken nugget? Yeah. It's a chicken nugget, but it's purple. Well, why is it purple? Because they needed to have a fun color, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, but um, I'm a hamburger guy myself. Glad to see him on a car this weekend. But uh, yeah, Grimace is, um, is, has had a great 2023. It has been the year of Grimace. The year of Grimace. Without a doubt. So that will, will happen at Homestead. All right. Uh, tweets of the week time. There's really just one tweet. And I thought this was pretty funny. So Marco Andretti uh, wore a shirt. Was Alexander Rossi got married, uh, what, last weekend. And Marco Andretti in New York City. And Marco wore this shirt that had a picture of Alexander Rossi. And I think it's what, was this from like the AI generated stuff that IndyCar posted? Yes. And it's kind of like the 90s high school pics. So he wore a shirt with that picture on it, along <laughs> with his suit. It's just absolutely great. Uh, the Tim Durham I said best shirt of the night goes to Marco Andretti. It's not even close. Very so impressive. He, he wore that to the wedding. But congrats to Alexander Rossi. Yes, congratulations. All right, what do we got? Random split air driver of the week time. You have it up on your screen. I do. And we went to, what is this, 2004 champ car? Always a fertile ground Yeah. for <laughs> random split air drivers of the week. And this Between 96 to about... 2001 IRL yes. and then Champ Car 2004 to 2007. Very little information on this guy to the point that we just think this guy is completely made up. I have never heard of this guy, but an Australian named David, uh, David Besnard. David Besnard. Uh, he competed a lot of different series over the years, but his limited time in Champ Car, he was with Walker Racing, just did Surfer's Paradise in 2004 finished seventh. So pretty good result uh, for that race that season. Uh, The 2004 Lexmark Indy 300, uh, seventh out of 19 drivers. There's some other great names. Guy Smith. So Smith has started a champ car race, but But never the Indy 500. 500, Yes. Uh, That race, by the way, the 2004 Surfer's Paradise race won by Paul Tracy, Sebastian Bourdais second. Bruno Juncara, third. AJ Allmendinger, fourth. Mario Dominguez, fifth. Ryan Hunter Ray, sixth. Justin Wilson. Uh, oh, wait, that's qualifying. My apologies. <laughs> Bruno Juncara won the race. Then you had Bourdais, Dominguez, PT, RHR, Dinger, David Besnard in seventh. Seven. And Justin Wilson, Guy Smith, and Nelson Philippe rounding out the top 10. If you're wondering what, who David Besnard is, basically he's the Scott McLaughlin. Uh, back in the day, did a lot of V8 supercars, didn't win as much as McLaughlin did, but did V8 supercars, did um, Bathurst a lot uh, in the 2000s and stuff, and just that one start in IndyCar or Champ Car when it was at Surfer's Paradise. So, you know, Australian, oh, we'll hire somebody over there uh, for to be a, a local guy to run. Well, that was David, David Besnard. His one and only race in Champ Car was that Bathurst race. Actually raced in Atlantic's, Three races in uh-huh. 1999. 
Best they, finish of seventh also over there, Long Beach and Montreal. Yeah, so did Atlantics with uh, Hilton Motorsports. Yeah, not spelled like the hotel brand. No, it was James Hilton Motorsports. Uh, it was eventually Brad Smith Motorsports, a current ARCA team, apparently. But uh, did some Grand Am races here and there, but mostly was based in Australia with that one champ car appearance in 2004. Mr. David Besnard, this week's random split era driver of the week. And he did get a second in 2007 in the Bathurst 1000 and a third in 2008. There you go. a couple podium finishes in that race. Did did a handful of times, as you mentioned. A lot of supercar races. He did win one race. I was in 2004 at Simmons Plains Raceway, which is in Tasmania. Uh, but he, he won that race. It was round 23. Can you imagine 23 races in a season? I mean, they, some of these seasons, they had 37. I mean, this is like NASCAR-level scheduling. It's a lot. It's a grind. Now, I'm looking at our overall list of random splitter drivers of the week. We're at like 50 guys. That's it? It's amazing. I mean, I'm I'm shocked we're at 50. I thought we were going to get this was going to be a good 20 to 25 no. segment podcast feature. It is insane how many people we have on this uh, again between 96 to about 2001 in the IRL, and then 2004 to 2007 in Champ Car. It's a gold mine. But this like it's it's how irrelevant that the sport was at that time with the split is. It's not very long. You're looking at like a seven to eight year period, and we have 50 drivers right now. And uh, every week we keep finding more. We'll continue until we run out. And then we'll just start all over because nobody will know. There are plenty of random split air drivers of the week just in 2004 Champ Car alone. Yeah. At least a half dozen. We're running out of of the IRL, but it's another year's worth of Champ Car. That's for sure. There are a lot of names in 2005 as well. I just, I flipped the list to the next year. I'm like, I've never heard of (laughs) half these guys. So Uh, we'll keep grinding. They're, They're no shortage of info. That's for sure. All right. Well, we miss anything? Is is that it? I think that is about it. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Next week, we'll be back. Another off-season edition for Justin Kinney. I am Caleb Hatch. Thanks so much for joining us again on New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.